Welcome back, and thanks for joining us for another exciting episode of the Wild Edible World podcast. I am but one of your hosts, Michael. Um, but this episode, you're going to be calling me the Pijage Visage. That was so good. And I am Foxy Steve Cantu. Thank you, Steve. I took French in high school, you know. <laughs> and welcome back. Uh, we are reporting to you live from the middle of the woods, just uh, doing a little bit of munch in here, and very excited uh, to talk about episode Wild Grape. Yeah, there's so many wild grapes. We're just going to kind of focus on the general aspects of the common wild grape species you're going to find in North America and a little bit about like the cultivated stuff as well. But um, maybe later we'll come back and like really hone in on specific species. Um, we'll mostly be talking about the riverbank grape, I think, mm -hmm. which is what is a lot of around here. Um, we, a lot of distinction comes in the flowering phase. So um, it can be kind of hard to tell unless you're watching these things day by day for a couple of years, you know, what plants these specifically are. So, uh, you know, it's a grape. We can recognize it as a grape. And we are enjoying one of Steve's fantastic creations from such grapes right Yeah, in front if you of us. follow us on social media, or either of us or even the page, you've probably seen uh, my little jelly-making experiment. Um, and we have... We have uh, some of that in front of us, and uh, we're going to show you how to find it. Yeah, we're going to talk about what it looks like, do our typical thing on our super cool show. So the most recognizable aspect of this plant, I think, is it's, I mean, uh, the, you know, the grape. Yeah. Right? The fruit formations. Because lots of things vine. Lots of things vine indeed, yeah. Uh, it's worth mentioning, um, and we should be doing this a little bit more often on this show, that there are... Uh, toxic lookalikes. So there are going to be some specific details you're going to need to remember from our show and also your own research to uh, correctively implement, you know, some of this advice and being able to find these delicious plants and staying safe, which yeah. is, you know, how we all want you to be. So with the fruit formations, it really does kind of show up uh, at in the late summer, so right now we're in the middle of August, dead center of August, fifteenth, mm -hmm. and it is uh, the earliest grapes are just starting to ripen. And what do they look like, Steve? Like regular grapes? Yeah, basically, yeah, pr right? pretty much. I, so I wasn't even looking for grapes. I was out looking for maybe some late season choke cherry or or any or any other sort of like fruit coming in. We're on the cusp of apple season here, so uh, I've been getting really into uh, wild apples and the, the endless possibilities that are that. Another episode. Um, yep. Within the next couple <laughs> couple weeks, absolutely. And that one's going to be a... We, we might have to go a little bit long. We, we might have to warn you now, episode malice might might be a little bit of a, of a long one. Tons um, of fun stuff to talk about, so, so can you blame us? Yeah. Back to the grape. Um, I wasn't even looking for them, and then I just spotted these huge clusters, and please check out the social media, and uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll share a picture of just these beautiful clusters of grapes. It looked like, you know, I was at a vineyard, like a really poorly kept vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> Overgrown vineyard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there was just these huge trusses of grapes just... And they look exactly like it. And they're like you said, there are toxic lookalikes, but these were just overly obvious yeah. grapes. Yeah, whenever people are mistaking things for grapes, they're more in a, in a circular cluster, and these definitely have that triangular form, like yeah. gradual. There's, it's one berry at the bottom, and then it kind of like 
multiplies as it goes up towards the stem. Um, so yeah, it's it's not necessarily a common mistake, but it is, it can be a, an overeager forager's mistake. There are absolutely you know? some things that I saw that looked like, oh, maybe this is a a cluster of grapes or a bunch of grapes that's not as formed. Yeah, and not necessarily spread out. Exactly. Yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and that just was. I mean, they just weren't. They just weren't grapes. So. I mean, heck, I've seen them growing together, like oh, ra- for sure. vining around each other. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's worth being, you know, being a super attentive on what you can and can eat. Always, yeah. always. Um, so, back with uh, the grapes, and uh, they're, so they're they're the most the coloration isn't necessarily like what you're going to find on a table grape. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we're talking about size and color wise, um, it's going to have the same growth pattern and formation. Um, that you can imagine, you know, just like a Gre- a Grecan painting of a man <laughs> lounging and, you know, beautiful people feeding him grapes or them grapes, you know, I'd imagine, whatever. Uh, so you're going to find the, the grapes you find in the wild are actually quite a bit darker. Definitely. You know? So you have your regular green grapes, table grapes, or red grapes, and those are more like uh, a light purple. Mm-hmm. These are like purple black i mean looking at this jelly that we have right in front of us it is like the this deep 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 red like so the center of this jelly is black yeah it looks it's it's it's, it looks like like concords you know like similar to that like yeah so i mean you know i think concord grapes so the grape you the type of jelly you would get at the store is almost bluer Mm -hmm. right so it's got a bit of a bluer tint to this this is like hard red um and it is phenomenal i'm going to take a little another little it's I mean honestly it's gonna be the best grape jelly you've ever had. It's really really good. Without all these extra sweeteners and all this stuff, it, exactly. it tastes basically the same. And this is like the first grapes on the vine. You know, yeah. most of the time people tell you to wait to eat them a little bit. Yeah, a lot of the times people wait till after the first frost of the year. Uh, to so that the grapes sweeten up a bit, uh, you know, similar to like a carrot or something along those lines. Yeah, plenty of and ones. and it's uh, you know, th- this doesn't even need it. I almost didn't take them because I was like, ah, it's so early. Mm. But I was texting with you. Not necessary, man. These are, this is and so you were good. like, let's do it, dude. Yeah, it's nice grapes. and tart. I'm I'm so happy you did. <laughs> and, and that's my Delicious. grape preference. I prefer a uh, green grape with mm-hmm. with a good amount of tartness, uh, and I prefer a Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, uh, word. Red grape with a lot of dryness. So yeah, this and is right I like, my alley. Yeah, it was, back to like thinking about sour flavors too. Like um, wild grapes, uh, they have this like particular sourness to them, and they're kind of crunchy. So I like crunchy green grapes. So I yeah. mean, if you're okay with a little extra crunch regarding the seeds, because wild grapes will be seeded, um, largely seeded. Yeah, pretty pretty well. The seeds are, pre- the seeds are pretty, <laughs> pretty big. Pretty well yeah, the, seeded, the, the you're seeds right. are pretty big. They are pretty big, um, but they are edible. So crunching right through them is fine, and it does sound loud. But I swear they're not as hard as they sound. Um, but they are definitely pretty audibly crunchy. Um, so I think we should move down the plant a little bit um, to uh, all the plant is. Okay, not all the plant, but most of the plant is green. So it's whenever it's young growth, within probably five years, it's going to be pretty green. Um, and then over the winter, the surviving plant uh, matter gets pretty barky. So yeah, it can, flaky. Yeah, flaky it like hardens up and turns into a bark. A lot of these vines you're going to see growing around some trees and old growth forests 
uh, you're gonna see vines that are like I've seen vines. I swear, like wrist three, thick. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. forearm thick. Sure, and it is a old, old, old grapevine that is just like gone all the way up this old oak tree and back down, and you can find the grapes and. That doesn't necessarily warrant a delicious grape, unfortunately, yeah, but... They, they, they change quite a bit. It's so impressive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is a vining plant, so it definitely is uh, has this vining growth pattern where it's going to be stretching all over the place. And more specifically, one of the key components in identifying wild grapes is noticing their tendrils. Yes. So they have little uh, two-prong tendrils that reach out and wrap around stuff and, and those... we've mentioned these before these yes tendrils. i love talking about them because <laughs> they're my favorite trail snack in the yes. world they are highly edible and they uh can exist in a spectrum of color from green to red mm-hmm. so i call they're i call them sweet tarts of the woods and that's because they're or uh, no i I guess it's shock tarts of the woods. Yeah. So they're because they're a bit sour, like you said. You can taste the earlier before that we recorded. You can taste the tendrils, like some of the raw components in the plant itself in the fruit juice. Yeah, absolutely. It's very similar flavor profiles. Um, just super delicious, man. Tangy, juicy. Yeah. Got the right, just like the touch of tannin to them still. Um, yeah, so you got these green red tendrils reaching out, and you're gonna find that along trails, like literally any trail that we walk Everywhere. around here that's got gravel on it. You're gonna find grapes growing along almost every single inch of that trail, <laughs> and you're gonna see those tendrils reaching out into the sunlight. So that's why I love eating them, is because they're always face level for me, six foot mm-hmm. and below too. They're growing. They grow. When they're that young, I'd say up to six feet, unless they have something to really climb up. Uh, when they're growing out of weeds like that on trail sides, they're just kind of using their own support. But you can just pick them right off and eat them, and they're they're delicious. They're also excellent pickled because of the inherent tannins Ooh. in the plant, the entire plant itself. It aids to crispiness. So they're good for pickles themselves, and they are good for the pickling process, keeping everything crisp. Yeah, sounds awesome. So next part of the plant we're going to talk about, we want to talk about the leaves. So Mm -hmm. another popular, really popular ingredient, um, people of Mediterranean heritage are obviously going to be well familiar with the use of grape leaves and what they look like. But for those of you that don't know, it is a... um, Well, okay, so first starting off, we're going to say that there's quite a few different species of grapes, and they do look... They can look kind of different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but most of them do retain this toothy leaf, um, probably around four inches to six inches long, um, top to bottom, and it's about it's heart shaped with teeth on it, and then it can have lobes up to two lobes. So, with the fox grape, you're going to find um, semi lobing. Uh, the riverbank bank grape, it's going to look mostly like a heart. There's very yeah. subtle lobing, if any at all, mm-hmm. which makes it ideal for dolmas, yeah. like a grape, pickled grape leaf wraps, you know, stuff like that. And they lend themselves so well to that because they are a delicate leaf. And so yeah. you, can, you can very easily, I mean, just, just like most grapes, you can, you can very easily wrap something in them, a piece of feta, some, you know, minced meat, something along those lines, 
and uh, yeah, they they're just delicious, yeah. super tasty. Yeah, um, yeah. Using use it in all the tra- traditional ways you would use the cultivated wine, yeah, grape leaf. Um, it's just as good. But we are out of time for the first segment. Um, so that's what the plant looks like. I hope you guys can gather enough, and this has inspired you enough to at least look into what other plants there are. Because there's there's moon seed. I want to make sure I at least name one plant. Moon seed is known to be a mistakable, quote unquote, mistakable lookalike. Mm-hmm. You know, they look pretty different if you've gotten to know these plants over a year or two. Um, but not everybody has. We're all in our own points in this journey. So. If you are unfamiliar, um, take a look at the differences and get familiar with that, so you can recognize the poisonous plants as well as you can the delicious ones. Yeah, and with, it'd be a shame not to take advantage of these delicious berries. Oh my God, it'd be a terrible shame for any one of our listeners to not be able to experience the delicious jelly that we have at hand right now as well. Yeah, and it's easy. How long did it take you to make that? Uh, maybe ten, fifteen minutes. No way. You, yeah. Way, way. I mean, processing and everything. Yeah. Maybe. No, you're kidding me. Yeah. Shut up. 10, 15. Maximum. Pull I the... am having a hard time believing that, he, and that's really he, impressive. Here it is. Here, I'm, I'm ex- I'm, I do have a little bit of experience in the kitchen. He, th- th- this is how it goes. Pull the grapes off. Throw them in a pot. Add a little bit of water. Boil. Pull them off. Throw, run them through a sieve. Uh, I forgot to add the gelatin to that. Yeah, la- that to last the boil, time. right? Yeah, to the boil. Uh, I, I used half a pack for this, I don't know, probably 12 ounces of jelly, and then just toss it in the fridge, man. I'll do it. I love I'll, that. I'll, I'll, I'll record I love that myself. about you, Steve. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the ads. Thank you for listening to the show in general, and we'll be right back. We have snacked and returned. Yeah, so we're fully we're fully fueled. Yeah, we're we're jacked up on that wild grape wild, juice, wild grapes and peanut butter sandwiches, and we're ready to get into some nutrients. Hit me with it. So this is a little bit heavier than we normally go. This is 151 grams. We normally uh. do one hundo. Uh, so from that 151, you get 104 kilocalories. You get 1.9 grams of protein. 0.24 grams of fat, 27.3 grams of carbohydrates. So no surprise here, hmm. grapes are the highest concentration of sugar in the fruit world. Of uh, course, yeah. At least that I'm... Because they're used to make wine. Yeah, exactly. And in order to do that, you have to convert sugars into alcohol. A little bit of fiber, 1.4 grams, 200, 288 milligrams of potassium, 15 milligrams of calcium, uh, 0.54 iron, 11 milligrams of magnesium, 30 milligrams of phosphorus, 3 sodium, 
0.11 zinc, 4.8 vitamin C, 22 micrograms of vitamin K, and 3 micrograms of foliate. Wow. Folate, rather. Folate. Foliage. (laughs) Uh, no, it's, uh, you know, and of course, you know, these aren't like super specific numbers. So what, so what, what was that for? Like, uh, red and green grapes? Yeah, that was just for your normal table grapes. So, so the stuff you're going to find at the store. Yeah. Um, was it or was it not exceptionally kind of difficult to track down nutritional research for so this? So difficult. I, and, you know, j- just in general, like, so each, each one of the grapes that, that we researched and said, hey, what are the nutritional facts in this or that, the other, they're all pretty damn similar yeah you're gonna end up with you know pretty much the same stuff obviously there's going to be variations because different grapes yield different flavors and different fermentations and stuff like that so and just as just in general like food rule the darker the more into that purple realm the higher in antioxidants the higher in polyphenols you're going to get yes yes as a wise man once said the darker the berry the sweeter the juice (laughs) true true (laughs) um but yeah so you'll see a ton of variation even throughout, like, your grocery store grapes. Or sure. you won't see a ton of variation, rather. Uh, and so when you take into account these wild grapes, it's probably going to be, I would say, a little bit less sugar, maybe, just because they're not as inherently sweet. They're sure. not bred for sweetness. Exactly. They're not bred for anything. They're just wild. They're wild. Like yeah, us. They're, exactly, yeah. They're, uh, you know, yeah, they're going to be a little bit less in sugar, but you're actually going to find them probably higher in other things, yes. like wild um, variations of our common cultivated varieties tend to be. So you're going to find probably higher levels of vitamins and nutrients and probably, th- and like acid levels. I know there's like good amounts of For malic sure. acid yeah. and like some really, this, basically the stuff that makes it delicious. Mm-hmm. You know, wild grapes are even more delicious. They're just not that as desirable of a seed to flesh, fruit flesh ratio like we like in our fruit. So. For sure. Um, no, it's awesome. Uh, awesome nutritional concept. So just like keep that in mind when you're thinking about different um, grapes and stuff. You know, this isn't going to be necessarily like the bottom line about grape nutrition. Um, because and that is because there's 79 different. There's a 79 accepted species in North America, just in our just in our continent. North uh, 79 different types. So. There is, like I said, like we mentioned earlier in the first half of the episode, it's going to be a little bit difficult sometimes to determine the exact species you're working with. You're going to need um, methods of verification from each stage of the plant's life. How For it sure. grows, the flowering, the fruit, the leaf shape, you know. Yeah, so we were looking at photos earlier of the grapes that I got for these, uh, for, for this jelly. And, you know, we were going back and forth like, well... I guess it could be this because the leaf shape is like that, but we don't know what the flower formation looked like. So eventually we were just like, heck it, you know? Yeah. It's a grape. It's a grape. We know it's a grape. (laughs) It looks like a grape. It tastes like a grape. Mm -hmm. We can verify through other means that it is indeed an edible grape species. I'm willing to bet that it is the riverbank grape just because that is what we have around here. We're in kind of like, you know, rivery area. The leaf was dead on. So, yeah. but we like we can't be a hundred percent sure. I normally would tell you that you should be a hundred percent sure before you eat anything or put something in your mouth. We are sure it is a grape, but we are a hundred percent sure it's an edible grape. You know, so you don't necessarily need to be so specific about the species um, whenever the genus itself is quite edible. So we got some jelly. Yeah, one of the very delicious things you can do with a grape. Yep. Um, do you have any favorites or? Favorite things to do with a grape. Uh, shoot, man. Honestly. So, yeah, we, we talked a little bit earlier about pickling the uh, 
um, excuse tendrils. me, the tendrils. Yeah. yeah. And so there's that. There's the uh, I eat the grapes raw. I like crunching oh, yeah. on the seeds and everything. And uh, one other things that we another thing that we, we kind of had to leave out of this episode is the seed nutrition. Mm-hmm. This the seeds themselves have actual pretty pretty lengthy research on uh, the amount of oils and things that they contain. So if that's something that interests you, be sure to look, you know, do a little bit of interest, uh, research into that because there's a lot of really interesting results. But uh, And the whole plant has been used in throughout history, you know, the seeds, the, the fruit, the oh leaves. The, yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it goes back to, I mean, I, th- I think even in the Epic of Gilgamesh, they mention, uh, you know, grape something or other. Yeah, the, the uh, oldest human written story yeah. that we have. Uh, it, it's definitely one of the longest relationships, the, the Hall of Fame award for sure, for longest human re- relationship with a plant. One of them, that and like probably tobacco or yeah, some more trippy than that. But that's enough. That's th- those are other episodes. So going back to um, favorite uses, jelly. I mean, you can we really cannot beat a solid jelly. That's one of the best ways to get the most out of the moisture you're getting with the plant. Um, there's fruit leather you can make. Everybody loves Heck a yes. really good fruit leather. Um, yeah, just the kind of, and dolmas with the leaves. So yes. again, you can kind of, you could probably do a little bit like a grape flavored dolmas if you want to use the whole plant. You get the tendrils and the grapes sure. in whatever mash you're using to wrap in in the leaves. And, um, that'd be really fun. That's a good idea. I'm going to do that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, beyond that, I haven't, uh, used it too much besides just eating it, using it, you know, brewing with it. You can make wine. Obviously, that's the undercurrent to a lot of what we've been talking about is that is a very popular ingredient for making different types of wine. You can make white wine, red wine, all the different types of wine. If it's really called wine. Well, and vinegar, of course. Yeah, you let wine get a little bit further. Now you have vinegar. So it's, it is, this, this plant is almost essential in human cuisine right sure. yeah uh, absolutely. as far as, as far as we understand it and have grown to understand it uh, but i do have a, a couple of really cool facts about uh the history of north america and vi- and the grapes so uh, i think it's newfoundland so like at the top northeastern edge of north america is where leif erikson first voyaged from uh northern europe across the ocean and visited north america for the first time as far as north northern european or you know white people are concerned and they called it vinland so the name for what they understood as north america at the time was vinland which means wine land pretty easily to easy to figure out and that was because of the the sheer abundancy of grapevines everywhere and i'm sure Anybody that's listening to this, once they get familiar enough with what these grapevines look like and how common they are, you're going to see them everywhere. Yeah. You know? Some just just... popped up in my yard this uh, this year. Are you kidding me? My neighbor has them all over his garage. Yeah, it's just... I mean, what did you do with the seeds that you (laughs) just, like, throw them out? No, I fed them to the chickens. Oh, there you go. See, that's excellent. (laughs) Excellent. You're the, so good, the, Steve. The, the, the pumice, yeah, the pumice left from that <laughs> from that from that mixture. I just I tossed to the chickens, and they nice went in on it. Those are gonna be such good eggs. I the know. oils and fats in those yeah. seeds. Oh my gosh, 
So, I mean, yeah, that just closing the loop on some of the waste that you're going to, you may or may not end up with, you know, you don't just throw some of that stuff out, even the seeds, that's valuable compost probably, yeah. you know, if you're able to process that. Normally, if it's possible, I like to save the flesh, even the the peel from, from any fruit that I eat and put it in the jelly as well. But there were just, these berries are just so small that I was like, eh, let the chickens have them. I'll just make a... Uh, a pulp-free, <laughs> yeah, pulp-free jelly. So that is, yeah. To, if we didn't mention it before, that is one of the things you're gonna experience with these fruits that they're smaller, mm-hmm. you know, a lot smaller than the cultivar. But that's how it is with wild they're stuff. So tasty, it's worth it. It's so worth it. Just like the chanterelles, you know, a lot of these yeah. things around us are just smaller, but you just take the time to appreciate them and uh, give them, give them the treatment, and you're gonna be really happy with what you get. So. I think that closes us out for another. Uh, well, let me let me let me explain. I guess I have. I, I called myself the Pijage Visage. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to clarify. And that. I should explain a little bit. That did have to do with the winemaking portion of, that we were talking about. Um, Pijage is what it's called whenever you make wine by crushing it with your feet. That's the French term for it. And Visage is my face, so I look like someone that would make wine with their feet. He does. I'm you a heavy looking uh, homie. Anyway, that'll that'll, <laughs> that'll be our uh, episode for today. Um, thanks for joining us for another wonderful, a little bit longer than usual episode. Yeah, but, um, we, we hope you liked it. Yeah. We hope you'll tune in next time. Yeah, give us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting um, portion. Tell your friends about us. Um, talk about the show to other people. You know, let, let them know that there's so much food out there and it really isn't that scary. And you can have a lot of fun making it and eating it, too. I mean, we're the living, walking example. Try to be. Definitely. So, see you next time. Bye.